You're listening to The Last Word on Hockey with Jim Berenger, Coach Jay, and Mark Weiss on Northeast Streaming Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Saturday night, and you know what that means. It's time for the last word on hockey. It's season two, episode nine. I'm your host, Jim Berenger. It is on the Northeast Streaming Sports Network, along with Mad Radio. I'm in Vermont live. You can see my ducks behind me. Coach Jay is with me as well. Unfortunately, Mark Weiss has to be on assignment tonight. Something came up last minute, but that's okay. We'll hope to have him back next week when we're both on location and someplace special, but we'll save it for next week. Uh, Coach Jay, good to have you back. Same here, Bill, uh, Jim. Nice to have you too, good buddy. Nice to be in Vermont. Yeah, it's a good weekend. You know, about the ducks in the background and not the hockey jerseys, like you, the, the, the devil stuff you have in the background usually. No, no, these are my ducks. You know, they, <laughs> they, know, they don't go anywhere. They just stay here. Good background for tonight. But we got a lot to discuss. Uh, one of our viewers last week said, you know, this was a Rangers show, so I'm going to prove them otherwise. Tonight, we're going to talk about those Islanders. Uh, I promised Islanders talk this week. So let's talk about those red hot New York Islanders sitting first place in, a, in that East Division. They've won seven straight, eight of 10, and they've won six straight on home ice. They'll be on the road in New Jersey, but they've, they're playing the Devils a mini series here. And, you know, like last year, they're the hottest team and the best team in the local area. Yeah, they, they, they picked it up. I mean, whatever, whatever Trotz uh, figured out, you know, definitely fixed whatever, the, whatever it was. Remember, they weren't even in the top four like maybe two weeks ago. Now they're in first place. And as a Ranger fan, I give them their total props as a team. And... Um, I mean, what else could I say about, you know, the Islanders? Yeah, I mean, they got a good squad. I mean, we talked about it last year in the playoffs, man. We talked with Will um, when he came on, man. They made a nice run to the uh, Eastern Conference final, losing to Tampa Bay. And then Barry Trotz got that system. It's difficult to play against. I mean, the Devils are finding out the hard way that playing against their own system that won them so many Stanley Cups, uh, during that nine-year period is really tough to play. I mean, you just look at it. They've played that neutral zone trap game really good. They're a good team when they have the lead. Uh, and, you know, the big question coming in when we did our previews was could they find offense, and they're definitely finding it. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they're, they're a four-checking team. They, they, they keep a lot of play in the offensive zone once they're in there. I mean – not everyone could do that. Even if the system was great, you need the kind of players that could forecheck winning the winning the you know the boards and the and and keep the play in the zone. I mean, they do that. They don't have like like superstar superstar players, but they're all bought in on the system and every line from one to four. I mean, it's nonstop. Other teams gotta come to the point that they gotta they how do you keep up with their kind of play, the forechecking, stick poking, 
middle zone play. They hardly let you get anywhere in their off in their in their defensive zone. I mean, they're playing really, really solid hockey. Yeah, they are. I mean, I'm really impressed with the Islanders. It's good to have the Islanders back and being a contender again because for so long they were just the laughing stock of the league. And, you know, I know a lot of Islanders fans out there suffered through a lot of years, and it's good to see them back on top. I mean, look, Lou Lamorello, give credit. Maybe his time ran out in New Jersey, went over to Toronto. Now he's here making moves. I mean, they played the six same six guys at defense. Eventually that's going to run out. But you know what? You give credit. Matt Barzell doing his thing. Pajot doing his thing up and down the lineup. The big key for them now is, you know, the loss of Anders Lee, their captain. He's out indefinitely. Uh, we don't know how how long it's going to be, but it, it could be the rest of the season. And that's a tough blow to the Islanders, especially when you lose your captain. Yeah, but they got a lot of character guys on that team, like, you know, Brock Nelson. I mean, every time you see them on a the power play, it's like, click, click. He's in the middle. He's getting – it's like they're so the, – the, the chemistry is, is – it, it's through all – like the top three lines, and then you got the mat – you know, uh, Clutterbuck, you yeah. know, you know, coming in and, and, and they're playing top minutes and they're just be, physically beating the crap out of guys over 60 minutes. I mean, and yeah. like you said, you got the same six guys on the D side that are, you know, they, they know they're always going to get help from from their from the offensive guys coming back, helping them out playing that system. And I mean, I'm sure like, you know, what, unfortunately with Lee going down, I mean, again, uh, the way this team is made up, it's next man up and you come in, you play the system and I'm sure everyone in their farm system is being trained on the same system. So when they come up, it's like, you don't miss a beat. I mean, but they have the kind of team that it's not one major superstar. It's, it's a bunch of guys you know, just being there for each other. I mean, yeah, it's a hard absolutely. system to play, but they're definitely sold in to doing it for 60 minutes. I mean, and other teams usually can't keep up with that. No, exactly. I mean, they grind you 60 minutes. It's playoff hockey. And in a shortened season, like we talked about with Mark earlier on in the year when the previews, it's like they're playing a system that's going to win you games now as well. And they get on these winning streaks and they're figuring out ways to win games. And obviously, the, you know, their big thing is, you know, last year we talked about it. They had Grice and Varlamov, you know, that tandem. This year they got their young guy from Russia, Sorokin, and Varlamov, the two Russians. Now, early on in the year, Sorokin was struggling a bit to find his game, getting used to that U.S. that NHL style of game. But Coach Jay, man, he settled in real nicely, and, and they got – with Varlamov and Sorokin, they got a great tandem. Like, I think it might be better than Grice and Varlamov, to be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, without a doubt. I mean, the timing of signing Sorokin when they came back to the bubble, having Sorokin signed, that had to give the goalies like a, uh-oh, you know, which could only, only help them. I mean, they knew Grice was a free agent. So they had Sorokin and Varlamov picked up his play as if like when he used to play for the Colorado Rock, uh, Colorado Rockies, another moment, Colorado yeah. Avalanche. And oh, you mean Ver, well, Verlamov when he played for the Avalanche. Yeah. When, when Verlamov and Verlamov yeah. picked up the game 
to I mean, he was a top-notch goalie. I mean, he's a little older, but he knows he can play within that system. He has he does he doesn't worry that his guys in front of him are not gonna have his back. He makes that first save and he's not worried. Oh my god, you know, oh my god, I gotta get back. They're so solid in, in their structure. It, 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 you know, as a goalie, I mean, um, what's his name? Sorokin, six foot three. He didn't look as big. In the beginning, he didn't look very big in the net. Now he's starting to look big in the net when he's playing. So some 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 technique or something that he's being helped out with has definitely taken effect. And, you know, Volomov could use the rest going further into the season. I mean, now they're back in first place. When two weeks ago they weren't in the top four, it looked like they could have made, missed the playoffs, but they've gone on this major hot streak. And from the goalie out, we've always talked, from the goalie out, yeah. you got your 6D that have been there forever, with familiar with each other, knowing where they're going to be and what their assignments are. And it's about, like you said, it was about the la- how much offense could they get. And they are getting, like Barzell has taken off. Barzell is definitely, he's playing at a superstar level. And you have these other solid guys that, like Nelson and Pajot. Pajot and and Pajot. Talk about that deal with getting Pajot. How valuable of a player he is, the way he plays a two-way game, um, fitting in perfectly with that team structure. Absolutely. I mean, that's just a great deal, everything all around. And speaking of, I mean, a lot of rumors going around maybe potentially – that the Islanders might look to add a, a scoring uh, winger to replace Lee, depending on how long the injury is. A guy's name that's been floated around is Kyle Palmieri, New Jersey, but we'll see. It all depends on what the Devils can get back for Palmieri to, to have him go to the Islanders. I mean, he would be a great fit for them there. I mean, he would add to any team, he would add um, scoring to any team. He'd be helpful in their top six, no matter where, but I think it'd be a good fit for the Islanders for sure. You know, He's the local guy. So, you know, going over to Long Island, maybe just to, you know, help them for a playoff run, get a playoff push would be ideal considering, you know, we don't, again, we don't know the timeline, but it is a longer time than, you know, just two weeks for Anders Lee. So that's a major blow uh, to the Islanders. So you never know. I mean, it all depends on what Lemarello is looking for. You know, right now they could stay stagnant, but I definitely see them adding maybe a piece or two just to add some more depth, especially come the playoffs because the, you don't know with injuries. They don't know when they're going to creep up. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, Palmieri, Palmieri was so, I mean, it would be a great, I mean, come on, you're going to a, a team that's making the playoffs, you know, yeah. maybe it'll boost his, I mean, he's a hardworking player that maybe just needs that, that boost. And I mean, they got what to give up. I'm sure they got guys in the, in, in the farm to give Jersey, which is what Jersey wants guys with time, not guys that are going to, you know, be free agent soon. Uh, you know, he would be a great, it, it would probably energize him because he's a great, he's a hard play to play against. I mean, he, he fits the Islander mold. Like you said, Jersey playing the Islanders in their own system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so he's going to come into a system that he's familiar with and be energized that he knows he's going to make the most likely make the playoffs this year, as long as the Islanders, don't hit a skid. I mean, seven when seven in a row, you know, I'm sure something took effect that made him go, hey, guys, we're not in the playoffs two weeks ago. We got it. We got to do something. And something picked up and something triggered the way they're playing. So it would yeah, make good, 
Jersey doesn't ask for much. I mean, you're going to be, I mean, he would be a perfect fit. But the thing is, it's the always the thing. This is why he didn't get traded last year. It's a double-edged sword because he has value and he can score goals. Well, what's the thing Jersey can't do right now, score goals. And they don't have many goal scorers on the team. So if you're going to trade him, you got to get something in return for him that's really good. And the Devils are behind the eight ball even more, especially with Nico Heischer out. You know, Jack Hughes can do so much. The team's just, you know, something's going through that team right now. But if you move Paul Mary, what are you getting back for him? Do you get a goal scorer? Because, again, like I said, it is value, but then you're behind the eight ball even more with your scoring woes because the Devils right now just can't score goals. Yeah, it's going to take more than just a couple of minor, minor guy league guys that are on the farm. That it, I mean, if you're an Isle fan, they're, they're not even going to make their way up to the team. It would be worth trying to work something out, and uh, like you said, get a scorer for in case Sanders Lee is out. Like you said, could be the remainder of the season. You, you want a guy. You want a guy that you're not going to have to disrupt any of the other lines to try and make up for that because then you ruin the chemistry of what's been working all this time. Absolutely. And a real quick note, real quick switch. We're going to talk a Long Island guy real quick. We're going to talk a little Rangers because, you know, I feel good for my buddy over there today. Long Island boy, Keith Kincaid with the shutout today against Boston. Looked really good in the net. Um, he, you know, good solid option right there for um, the Rangers. You know, he, Look, he may not be a starter in the league, but he knows his role as a backup. And he played well for the Rangers today, and the Rangers played well in front of him. Good to have the bread man back. Oh, yeah. Oh. And, and remember what I was saying when they signed Kincaid, and that was at the very end of free agency, which, of course, they were signing him, not thinking he would have to play, and they were deep in their farm. And it was like, okay, we got him, and we can expose him to the Seattle draft and not give up Gorgiev and all this stuff. He got husk. Down there, I mean, I mean, they kept talking about like um, how something they've worked a little bit on his game coming to the Rangers with I can't pronounce his name, famous Ranger coach who uh, you know made Talbert a star, and Kincaid, right. uh, you know, again when he was with the Devils was a high, he, he was he was playing at a high level, and then went to Montreal and something happened. And then he all of a sudden disappeared out of the league. I mean, I was surprised when Montreal waved him that the Devils didn't go back and try and pick him up again. You know, well, why not? But they didn't, and now he's a Ranger. And well, it's, fu- it's so- funny. I was saying this. I was saying this this year when he was a free agent. I said, why in New Jersey just pick him up as a third goalie? I mean, he knows New Jersey. He knows the team. He knows the system. Why not come back home and do the thing? But – you know what? Rangers lucky to have him. He's playing well. Feel good for yeah. the guy. Um, you know, just a just a good guy in hockey. And like you said, he helped the Devils in that year they made the playoffs. He, you know, don't forget Schneider was down. He comes in. They go on that run. The, yeah. I'll, I'll always play Monday morning quarterback on this because that last game against Washington, they should have just played played them, played the starters, and let the chips fall where they may and go into Tampa Bay and that you would have had at least some momentum, even if you lost, at least your guys were playing. They were off too long, couldn't regain what they had going. But he played the first two games, came out. It's not like he played bad. It's just Tampa was a better team. 
But yeah. again, like I said, he's a backup. He's not really a starter in the league. Yeah, not anymore. I mean, for what the Rangers need him for, but now it's even Gorgiev. I mean, what what's going on? I mean, yeah. all of a sudden, I mean, is something exposed in his game that someone is seeing, that someone has figured out? Now with Shershkin down, I mean, and you don't want to rush him back, like I said last time, Kincaid is that much more important. Plus two, you don't, with him at least being able to play and he, he looks big in net. He was a big guy. He looks big in net, which, of course, as we know, for an offensive guy, is the last thing you want to see is a goalie that looks like he's taking up the whole net when he's shooting. It's like they said he's playing more in the blue zone and not out. He's staying more deeper, which sounds like the Lundquist way of yeah. playing goalie. You know, play deeper in. And, you know, they had that game today against Boston. And he had to make some pretty hard saves. But there's definitely something coached that's helped him in a technique. And hopefully he he holds up because Gorgiev, I mean, there's a lack, is it a lack of confidence. I don't know. But that for the Rangers, luckily, they, they, they the three game skid is over. They beat Boston of all teams for nothing. And the team played a four checking game from top to bottom. Giuseppe, Giuseppe. Um, I'm uh, uh, the devil guy. Um, oh, Rooney, 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 Kevin Rooney, Rooney and Blackwell. Again, those kind of guys for the Rangers are needed. It's having that that they know they can get put on a taxi squad the next game. Those guys play hard every game for checking and, and the whole team played that way in front of Kincaid. Just hopefully with Gorgiev. I mean, it's not a situation but then it opens up another situation come trade deadline. I mean, I'm talking as a Ranger fan. Yeah. I mean, and you got the expansion draft and you got husking the guy down. Are you going to – what are you going to do? I mean, are we going to not maybe trade him? Oh, I'm going to get hit for this. Not, I mean, but they got – he has to fix whatever this problem is because it's two or three ga- – two out of the last three games he's been pulled. Yeah, And, and exactly. you can't have Kincaid carry the load if you're going to try and make the playoffs. Then no, you, you need your number one. Back. Yeah, so, you need I your mean, number one back. With the groin, and and and, there's a, and and you can't rush him, or he's going to be out twenty games if he retweaks that groin if they if they don't do it right. Right, so, exactly. Yo, real quick before we move on to hockey conversation, I see Paul's joining us. Hey, Paul, uh, Coach Jay, and I wish you nothing but the best in recovery. Off yeah, of Paul. But I'm glad you hopped on. Uh, hope the best. Hope you're doing well. Um, Feel better for you, my man. Can't wait to see you back on the ice. And good luck battling this thing. We know we know we're, you're in a fight with us, and we're in a fight with you. So I just want a quick shout out to Paul, man. Best defenseman at Saturday Night Run Out. Chop man, stop man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need him back in SNRO, man. Absolutely, oh. big time. Um, so moving right along, uh, big news of the week. Um, everybody, you know, if if you've listened to my radio hits, um, talking with you know a bunch of guys up in uh, Saga 960 and then, you know, talking other puck shows that I've been on. The big thing has been the media deal. Uh, the TV rights are coming up at the end of the year. Well, guess what? We've ESPN has been long rumored to be in uh, the fold as when I had Dave Panyota on the show. Other guys have said the same thing. Well, it happened. The NHL and ESPN agreed to a seven-year media rights deal that's 
billion dollar deal. So about $400 million a season, the league will get to distribute to the 32 teams. Plus there's a, will be another TV partner. It looks like it's going to be NBC. So think about maybe another 200 million. So that's like 600 million per season distributed over 32 teams, which is better than they have now. So pretty much a double, triple everything. ESPN will carry a bunch of games on the app, ESPN app. Uh, they'll stream, tw- they'll have 25 national games plus the playoffs, four Stanley Cup finals, 75 games will be on, you know, nationally on ESPN plus, plus Hulu, thousand games like they do now. So it's a really good deal. You know, the big thing has always been NHL and hockey, you know, when they were there originally, did they treat them the best? Early on, I really think ESPN did a good job with it, but towards the end of the contract, I don't really think it was treated well. And now, you know, when the big thing for me is if ESPN doesn't carry it, they don't talk about it. So hopefully they'll now they'll talk about outside of, you know, our local station in New York, 98.7, Don LaGreco will talk about it. DPH will talk about it, but normally they don't talk about it. So hopefully they'll bring back NHL tonight. They'll have some talk shows about talking hockey because it it's good for the casual fan because, you know, I I'll say NBC did a good job, but you want to be, if you're going to call yourself the worldwide leader in sports, you need to have every sport. Yeah. I'm like, like hockey fans, most hockey fans back at the end of that ESPN deal when before it expired, it was like, you're not giving hockey any justice for, for real hockey fans who know the game. It was like, uh, we got to do this, you know, get guys who are hockey guys to do this, right. to, talk, to, 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 to do the, all right, in between periods, like they do with the NHL network, if you can invest that kind of money and hopefully they have guys that are going to be able to really break down and talk the game. I mean, the game itself will entertain the audience get guys and broadcasters that give it personality because it's a, it's a growing market. I mean, since they're coming back to a market that's grown. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And to think about it, Gary Bettman did all this in what a pandemic, like think about that Got new CBA. He gets the playoffs in the bubble, but yeah, they had some hiccups with the season, but they're moving along and they get this new TV rights deal. I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. And don't forget the theme will be coming back. Everybody loves that. So, you know, they got good people over there. Steve Levy, Barry Melrose, um, Linda Cohn. Yeah. They love hockey. Bouchergrass. You know, they got personalities over there. Maybe they'll bring back Gary Thorne to call some games out on the West Coast. You know, there are people there. Emily Kaplan, who was on the show, Greg Wojcinski. Like they have good personalities there that know the game. There are a lot of people that love hockey over at ESPN. So I'm glad to see it coming back. And obviously, you know, with the app ESPN plus has been really good these last two years showing a ton of games. And if you don't have the app, check it out real cheap. I mean, super cheap. Even if you bundle it with Hulu and Disney plus it's been perfect. Like so many games on, you can check it out in and out. So, I mean, it's a win-win for hockey. I think again, the big skepticism will be, from a lot of people, will they treat hockey right? Are they going to do just justice for the NHL because of they don't talk about it now, but it's a growing game. And it and I think for the casual fan, you'll now know where you can find these games. It won't be spread out 
oh, I need to go to this NBC network or I need to go here or there or there. You know, it'll be on ESPN or it'll be on ABC and it'll be on the app. Well, like you said, they got Barry Milrose. And I love Barry Milrose because he yeah. does speak from, he'll say he's a coach. He's a coach. I mean, um, and he's an ex player, but, you know, as long as they have those kind of guys in Thorne, I think they, Thorne was talking about yeah. coming back. Um, I mean, with, is it starting this playoffs? So it'll start the 2021 2022 season. So next year it'll start. Okay. Well, you know what? After this kind of season, which is eight, eight teams playing each other all year round, and what's going to come out of the, this, I mean, we're, we're only 20 games, what, 20, 25 games? Not even yeah. halfway. And, and close to halfway. See, close to halfway. And you can see how these ga- how these games and teams are the 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 it's a, it's it's definitely something the NHL after this season can build on going into next year with the ESPN because he rival they're going to be more rivalries now. Oh yeah, next year when the season hopefully goes back to a regular schedule. Oh, there are a lot of people going. Hopefully, it doesn't go back to regular schedule. Maybe well, they'll yeah. keep this format for the rivalries for the rivalries that are being created. But you see a lot more fights you see a lot of guys hating each other teams hating each other you know I oh mean, yeah 100 this year espn hopefully will go listen how can we do and carry this next year depending on what kind of schedule or if they keep this or not they they have what to run with and hopefully help this sport take the next level in this you know in this country never mind canada canada is canada yeah it's canada canada is canada yeah, we gotta you make know. we gotta make hockey, you know, at least three in the in uh well at least maybe four in the top five in the United States. But yeah, you know, look, Gary Bettman said the other day that most likely the North Division is just a one-off. I personally think they're probably gonna figure out a way to schedule some more North Division games like Canadian battles because they've been so good. I think they'll find find a way to sprinkle it in, maybe a little bit more games here and there. But like I said, it's a win-win for everybody. And, you know, hopefully, like I said, the big thing is for fans, hopefully that ESPN does right by the National Hockey League and helps get more exposure to the game, which everybody would like. And it's a win-win. Hopefully. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit of Columbus Blue Jackets. They made a trade yesterday. Miko Lettinen, highly touted free agent defenseman, was traded from uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. He wanted to go to Maple Leafs, but the problem is, Maple Leafs have so much depth at the position. He hasn't been able to get into the assist in, into the game. He hasn't really adjusted well, but he's looked good when he's played. The problem is there's so many guys, so many moving parts, so he goes to Columbus. You brought an interesting point about John Tortorella benching Patrick Laine again. You know, is it me or does the guy just want to get fired? I He's a free agent coach. Yeah. Who, who Columbus may not make the playoffs because something's broken down. I mean, uh, Corusapo, um, I'm not saying the... Is, Corpistalo, is, Corpistalo. Corpistalo, thank you, because I'm... He's... Something with the defense, he's been facing shots that guys are basically untouched in front of his crease. Yeah. That's not Columbus hockey. So no. this this trade makes sense if they're trying to make a push to make the playoffs and correct something in the D, I mean, but 
that's just on the Lettinen trade. But oh, I don't know, man. I mean, come on. It's I, not Lana. You can you you know what? Bench someone else. Well, look, it, it, it's the second time. It's the second time that Line A is being benched. And I sound like a broken record, but this is not who Patrick Line A is. You know he doesn't play defense. And we said this before on the show. Like, he doesn't play defense. He never played defense in Finland. He didn't play defense in Winnipeg. He scores goals. That's what he does. Like, the system, I don't know. Their their offense is ranked near the bottom of the league. They've always had a problem scoring goals. Now with guys leaving, they have a problem even more. Their defense, the system is just not what it was the last couple of years. Maybe everybody's just running out of steam, or maybe everybody's just tired of Tortorella. You know, he does run his course. Ran his course yeah. in Tampa, ran his course in, with the Rangers, ran his course in Vancouver. You know, certain guys you see that may not be able to adjust to the new NHL, find, you know, they to get out, but he's they've gotten to the playoffs the last couple of years. But the problem is that central division is so good that you can't fall behind the eight ball. And with Chicago being a surprise, you knew yeah. somebody was going to take a step back and Florida's playing better. So, you know, maybe this is a good move for Columbus. Like I said, maybe they could fix something with their defensive system with Lettinen, but he's a more of an offensive guy too, but maybe they can get him to play some defense in front of the net. And like you said, Corpus Allen or Sleekins are fishing shots. They didn't face last year. The yeah. pucks are going in the net, but when you play that style, eventually it takes a toll on the body. Yeah. So, I mean, Columbus is definitely showing, I mean, they, they, they want to make the playoffs this year. As far as Tortorella, you know, being a free agent after this year, I mean, he's definitely just doing what he's definitely, he's not keeping himself under wraps. He's letting himself go. He's not worried. Right. He's not worrying. Whatever he's doing, he's not worrying about it because he thinks he may not even be back next year. And here I got Lane. I want Lane to do this. I mean, when he first benched him, like we talked about, he scored three goals in his first two games. Then you bench him and then bench him the whole third period too, which was obsessive. Yeah. Like when we talked about it, I mean, they only the last six minutes of this game, but it's not all Lane. I mean, like you said, it could be that he's losing. He's losing that voice. It's getting old in the locker room. And maybe even guys are going, maybe, you know, he may, oh, like, we're not, they're not in a playoff position right now, which is a worse situation to be in, and play that, that style under Tortorella as a free agent coach. So it, it doesn't sound, it sounds like he's going to do what he needs to do to try and prove, look, I turned this around. Right. No exactly. matter who he has to do it to. Well, they got their seven points out from Chicago. They're seven points behind Chicago. They played 28 games. Chicago's played 28 games, so they played the same amount of games. You're playing 56 games, so you got to make that up. But the problem is, if you look at their goal differential, minus 19, that's not good. You can't, you can't be, in, you can't be in the negative. You're going to want to make the playoffs. Chicago's minus one, but again, we talked about um, Kevin Lankinen, who's been unbelievable this year. But again, Patrick Kane's been carrying that team. But Columbus has got to figure out a way to score goals. Cam Atkinson's got to step up. Uh, Mac, where's Max Domi been? They traded him away for Josh Anderson. They traded, they traded Anderson for him from Montreal. Where's he been? MIA. They traded Dubois for Line A. Again, I'll stand on my route. I don't know if that this was the exact the right place for Line A to go. Maybe if you wanted to trade Dubois 
for Roslovic, that's fine because Roslovic fits the system perfectly. But you know, Line is probably going to walk at the end of this year, despite you know rumors that he may stay. He's probably going to walk, and so the biggest issue is guys wanting to go to Columbus and staying in Columbus. They've lost too many free agents. Is it the coach? Is it Columbus? I mean, I've heard great things about the city. I think players like playing there, but maybe they don't want to play for the coach. You know, again, it's speculation. You don't know, but again, you got to figure out a way to keep free agents there. He's the kind of coach Tortorella has that from the Rangers. I mean, from the Rangers and Vancouver, what happened? He's he's definitely not he's definitely come back from the Vancouver uh, what he what happened in Vancouver after Rangers, but but he's definitely it's a it's a tug of war, and he's looking at his job. You yeah. know, am I gonna am I gonna have? I mean, there are gonna be jobs opening up next year, and maybe Columbus is telling him, look, we'll talk at the end of the season. They're not in a position to make the playoffs right now. And with the way the 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 league the the new leagues are set up, you're playing teams within your own division. Losing a point now is much more important because you're losing a point to a team in your own division that you have to keep up with or keep from t- coming up from the bottom and and moving up on you. You know, I mean, it, it, it's it's even more pressure. But the Lonnie, yeah, well, we know it's Lonnie. They have until next year. Then he's a free agent, so yeah. they could always turn him over. It's all going to depend on who who's going to be running this team after this season. And exactly. Exactly. It's crazy to think about what's going on in Columbus. And, you know, same thing going to Buffalo. Jack Eichel now going to be out indefinitely, you know, with the injury. Apparently, here's rib in the beginning of before they even started training camp is over, you know, his his, um, you know, his next even bothering still so he's got this uh mysterious upper body injury that's going to keep him out for a while and as we talked about last week he could potentially go to boston or rangers apparently this guy apparently it seems like this guy may want out this could be like just a pre- just saying hey i don't want to be in the line of hurting myself anymore not to hurt my stock you know buffalo it's just a mess there it could be the i think the personally i think it's the coach just because he didn't really win in edmonton something there they got to fix that i mean dylan cousins now out hurt you know, Sam Reinhardt's playing well, but their goaltending has got to get better defensively. Just a lot of injuries. But again, Eichel, you know, that's the big name you're going to be hearing heading into the deadline. Will he go? Does he want to stay? What's going to happen? I feel like that deal is probably going to be more happening in the offseason. I just, with the deadline, potentially where you got to go, potentially got to quarantine, you got to follow protocol. So if you're going to do it, you're going to make deals. You're going to have to do it in the next two weeks because. If you do it at the deadline, you're going to lose a player for a while. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, like the Rangers, they were talking about the Rangers, and we were all saying the last time, you don't give up the farm for one guy. Me and Mark both agreed as Ranger fans the way they used to do it. Keep it the way it's going. If we can get Eichel, it can't be at the at giving up, you know, uh, Kako and Lafreniere for one guy to give up all these guys. I don't want to do it. I mean, he'll wind up. I think they were talking about Boston was they were talking about Boston possibly uh, looking to get him. But he's hurt. I mean, again, like, again, he's hurt. It's a shortened season. It may have to wait till the end of the season to do something about it. And I heard them saying that he doesn't have a no trade clause yet in his contract that. Right. Kicks in. 
So if they want to, if they're going to do something, they can without his consent of where he's going to go, depending on Buffalo looking to get the best deal for them. Exactly. Who knows? I mean, it's going to be crazy. You know, again, Buffalo's just, they're just a mess. A lot of teams are a mess heading into the deadline. They could be definitely sellers. You could look for Boston, possibly get in on something, you know, because there's rumors with Jake DeBrusque, you know, maybe potentially they want to move on from him. A lot of moving parts. It's going to be crazy. But, you know, like we said, it'll be interesting when the teams do the moves. Obviously, obviously you saw Toronto. They got the deal done with uh, Miko Lettinen, sending him to the U.S. So he's got a quarantine. The goalie coming back has got a quarantine up there. Got to follow rules. So, you know, these deals are going to get done. We may not see as much action as we would like to see on the trade deadline, but there's definitely going to be movement. But, Jay, you know, going to wrap it up here. It's going to be a good night of hockey. we got a lot of fun games to watch. Obviously, Devils Islanders tonight. we got Winnipeg, Toronto. The other night, Matthews, that goal was unbelievable. Can't wait to watch that. Montreal and uh, Calgary is going to be fun to watch as well. Just a good day. Good overall Saturday for a lot of hockey. Um, thanks for doing this with me tonight. Always a fun chat with you. Same here, Jim. I'm sorry Mark's not here and we know why. And Paul, Get better, Chuck, man. Come on, man. I mean, I haven't been around. I want to see everyone come spring. I've been quarantining myself all winter for for personal reasons and stuff. And since I can't play anymore, just being around the hockey guys and doing what we're doing now, talking hockey, it it it, it keeps me. I love it. I mean, I mean, what else do you have to do once you retired and you can't play anymore? It's rather you played because you just were able to buy a pair of skates. Or you played and did your paper out so you can get your skates so you can play. That was me all my life. So being in talking hockey and just talking like we do our roundtable talks. And we're not even going to talk about how Toronto got a goalie in this deal with Frederick Anderson being a free agent after this year. You see, I love this. We, this, thing's, this all leads into what's behind the scenes. It's all great. I'm glad, I'm glad you got me into this last, last year. When I was even scared to speak, oh my God, am I going to do to be able to do this? So thank you very much, and I'm always happy to just be involved in anything hockey. Yeah, I appreciate it, Coach Jay. Always, always a pleasure to have you on. Always great to talk hockey. I'm glad you could come on. Hopefully, we get Mark back next week. Like I said, I'll be on location from uh, State Wars in Feasterville at the Sportsplex because I got to play in a tournament next weekend. I know Mark's got the charity tournament next weekend as well. So hopefully we'll be live from Monroe. We'll bring you in on the Zoom. So this month, I've been Jim Berenger, live from Vermont, and my Ducks as well. Coach Jay, where he's been at. This has been The Last Word on Hockey, Season 2, Episode 9 on the Mad Radio Network, along with Northeast Streaming Sports. Everybody have a good night, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care, people.